Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoy. And I'm Danny Peemster. And Anthony Roque is out today. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about choosing the best coaxial cable to use with your radio antenna. We'll discuss the types of cables available, when to choose one type over another, and tell you who we think makes the best cables and cable accessories on the market. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our email and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. Many of us invest a lot of time, energy, and money searching for the best antennas to pair with our two-way radios. But there is another part of the antenna system to consider as well. It is often overlooked, yet can be just as critical to the performance of your radio as the aerial itself. It's the cable that attaches to it, also known as the feed line. That's right, Rick. And uh, first, let me welcome John Sorrentino, our our tech, to the show today. He's sitting in for Anthony. Uh, John has joined us previously on a CB radio episode. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, with the topic today of uh, coaxial cable, this is a little more technical discussion than we normally have here. So we thought maybe John would be a, a good voice to, to lend here because he, he's more of an expert than either you or I, Rick. Uh, well, welcome, John, and uh, we'll we'll get you. right into this. Uh, now, we've never done a show exactly on this subject before. This is, and we're doing this because, well, uh, we get a lot of questions about yeah, about cables, so the best kind of cable to to use. And I think it's time we, I think it's past time that we did something about this. So let's give a uh, a basic overview first of all. Of what we're talking about, uh, what's with the coax cables? What are the well, first types of all, that we have yeah, here? I think your first question was a good one, uh, or uh, your intro there, because it's not something that's considered uh, maybe by some, but the type of cable that you use to connect your radio to your antenna is uh, it's, it's a major decision. It can mm-hmm. cause a lot of problems, or it can add to your performance considerably. For the radio that you're using. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it gets enough attention uh, by some people. Um, well, what are some of the common types? Now, this is just a basic overview. So we're not trying to go in over anyone's heads. We're just giving a basic, um, just a basic overview of what, uh, what we're talking about here. We don't want to get too in the weeds on it. And we can go into a more advanced discussion another time. Cable usually breaks down to the thickness of the cable itself mm-hmm. um, and generally the thicker the cable the less loss of signal that you're going to have along that cable but at a certain point larger cables aren't practical so for shorter uses such as in a vehicle you usually see smaller thinner cable and for uh, longer runs such as up a tower or in a permanent location uh, where you've got a base station uh, or something like that you may have thicker cable because you're going to have less signal loss. Uh, the, the thickness of the cable is generally the biggest factor in the cable types that we're going to talk about. Some common types are RG58. This is a very thin cable, usually just under 0.2 inches, 0.195, mm-hmm. I believe is what the spec calls for. Um, RG8X is a little bit uh, larger than RG58. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, probably a lot larger than RG58. Um, RG8, RG8U is even larger. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get into the, the thicker types of cable that you're going to see in a, a base station or a permanent mobile installation, um, 
It's uh, LMR 400 is a popular cable type. That's more of a brand than a, a cable spec, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, 0.4 inches in diameter. Uh, and there's a lot of cables that are modeled after that that same size. It may not be the, the LMR 400 um, specific. We, we sell Tram Browning BR 400, for example. Yeah. Uh, LMR 600 is a, a 0.590 inch uh, cable, and it's very low loss. And you see that uh, where you have very long runs. It's very uh, thick cable, too. It's just very, very Correct. You think I'm missing there, John? Well, above that, you go into what they call hardline, mm-hmm. um, and they get into very, very large sizes. So normally run for commercial applications or very large tower installs, not something we normally see. Somewhere you'd have to put a lot of power into it, and you want to go over a very, very long distance. Or, you know, a 200-foot tower, but you're also looking to get maximum uh, results out of your feed line going to your antenna. And and one thing that everybody misses is feed line coaxial cable works both ways, not only in transmitting. So obviously we want the best cable because we want the most amount of power from our radio getting to our antenna, but it also works reverse. We want the most amount of signal coming into our antenna. On the receive side. And you want a strong signal to make it to your your radio. Right. So we want the best cable to do both jobs. And so here we have the the different types of cables, and each one has their uh, specifications where they excel at. Right. Like, for example, that that, uh, LMR 600 type, 0.59, is very thick cable, not very flexible. You wouldn't want to use that if you needed a four-foot cable to go from your radio to your antenna in your vehicle, for example, because it's going to get in the way. You're not going to be able to route it very easily. Uh, So maybe it would give you less loss, but you have to consider how much loss am I willing to deal with because of the, you know, I don't want to have this huge cable running up, you know, directly along my windshield. Um, every day. So you need a smaller cable that will still get the job done for that use. So you've really got to consider how you're going to use your radio, where it's going to be, what the installation is is going to be like. So many things to to keep in mind. And there are thinner cables at shorter lengths that do just as good of a job as a thicker cable at that short length. And we even recommend to people if if you're, um, you know, 12 foot, uh, 20 foot or less, it's it's okay to go with a thinner cable quite often. Now, we're talking about how these cables are built before the show, and we were making a distinction between um, the stranded and the solid uh, cores on these cables. Can you yeah, tell us a little we, bit about yeah, that? We are talking about how, how far into the weeds we needed to get here, but it, it, I think that we do need to talk about the, the center conductor on the cable. With coaxial cable, you have a center conductor that's a, a, a piece of metal or a run of metal that goes along the center of the cable, and then there's more metal on the outside that's a, a shield, and there's uh, several layers in the cable. And and we, we probably don't need to get yeah, deep into yeah. a lot of that, but the center conductor is something we should probably talk about because cables are going to be divided up into ones that have a solid center conductor or a stranded center conductor. Solid Center conductors have better performance, but they have a serious drawback in the flexibility of the cable. Um, A Mm. 0.600 inch cable with a solid center conductor is going to be very difficult to route, to move. It it doesn't bend. It doesn't flex. So there's a trade-off that's also involved in the type of center conductor. If you have a stranded center conductor, you have a lot more flexibility in the cable. And there's some cable types that can offer um, a very high level of performance, even with that stranded center conductor, um, giving you sort of the best of both worlds. Yet there are some limitations in that performance. Sure. The the performance uh, with stranded center center core is likely never to reach what you're going to get from a solid Core. So if you can deal with having 
a cable that won't move, basically, or is very hard to bend. Uh, it's always uh, probably better to go with that. Um, would you say, John, it's always better to go with a solid center conductor? If I, you can if you can deal with the... Rigid- yeah, I, I would assume that's correct. So as long as you don't have to make any kind of radius bends, which we all know is almost impossible in today's world with the way our homes and cars are designed. Um, but yes, you would go with a solid core. Um, but today's world... You know, we all know that we have to bend and twist and, you know, get around corners and under windowsills and things of that right. nature. It's very it's, rare it's, that you're going to be in that, in the scenario where you're not going to have to bend the cable. Correct. And the, the worst case scenario would be bending the cable and then having that center core break, yeah. uh, which, which is a possibility, especially if you're doing a lot of bends. You think, think about a, a solid piece of copper. If you keep bending it over and over and over. In the same it's, it's spot. It's going to break it's at gonna, some point. It's going to get weak and break. And then that, and then you're having to replace an entire length of cable. And cable isn't cheap. And particularly the longer you go with it, <laughs> the more expensive it gets. So you, you do want to be careful with that sort of thing. And when you have to patch pieces together, you introduce loss with, with connectors. Mm-hmm. We should probably also talk about connectors. Exactly. That's, that is the next point here because it's not just the cable that is a factor here. It is the connect. The connector has a lot to do with with loss. Um, I I think that uh, we have what uh, three? Well, we have about five different types of connectors that we're just going to talk about right now briefly. But um, what well, are we? Talking? There's a lot of connectors yeah. out there. We're going to hit. A lot we're going to hit the highlights. Uh, yeah. The most popular types we see. Uh, the most popular types we see, starting with the UHF type, which is a PL259 on the, the male side and a SO239 on the female side. Um, mobile- These are very common connectors, and you see those uh, those connectors on a lot of mobile radios. Mobile radios, I would say, exclusively use a UHF type connector. Wouldn't you agree, John? Absolutely. Um, the N type connector is what you see on uh, maybe higher end equipment repeaters uh, it's common mm-hmm. to see use an n type connector um, some high-end antennas use an n type connector the yeah. n connector is superior to the uhf connector as far as loss goes um, if you can choose the type of connector you want you want n in every scenario. Am I right? N will give you less loss than a UHF connector. Not only that, it's also uh, more moisture resistant than a PL259 or SO239 connection. Mm-hmm. It's just naturally that way. Um, so a lot of the manufacturers recognize that, especially in the antennas. And on the higher grade or repeater antennas, you can choose a 239 or a UHF connector, but most of them are standard with the N connector because of that. Um, moving along, the SMA type connector is a small connector. And this is what you would see on a um, handheld radio on the antenna connector. Mm-hmm. So uh, also, I believe Wi-Fi antennas on a, a router uh, use an SMA uh, connector. And they come in SMA, male and female. There's also a reverse polarity version of that SMA connector. Yeah, that's where the, the well. pin, and that's actually more popular, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that uh, on the handheld, SMA is, is basically the choice. It's just a matter of uh, which gender it has. There's not really a standard for that. Some radios use a SMA female. Some use a SMA male on the radio itself. B and C. Yeah. Um, is another type of connector that uh, it's very uh, BNC is good because it, it's easy to remove. Quick mm-hmm. on, quick off. Yeah, quick on, quick it has off. Has a bayonet style um, press twist, and twist, and press and twist, and yeah. lock. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the BNC. I wish we see more <clears throat> BNC on uh, handheld radios. Now there is an NMO type of connector that you'll find at the end of some cables, but those are pretty much exclusively. Uh, used with antenna mounts. That's usually when you see a cable that, uh, you know, an antenna mount that comes with a cable, you'll see something like an NMO mount connector. Not always, but those are usually not used 
they're not used for jumper cables or any long length cables. No, just pretty right. much just used for antennas. Yeah, NMO is going to be the connection between the antenna and the uh, cable that connects to the antenna. And yeah. typically, the antenna will be the female side, and the cable will be the NMO male um, mm. connector. Yeah, but those are pretty much the popular, the ones that you're going to run across, the most common ones. Those are the ones you're going to run across most of the time. When you were talking about, particularly in the ham world, the GMRS world, the CB world, th- those are basically the kind of connectors you're going to, to find. Uh, also for, for business radios. Uh, but having said that, we've got the cables, we got the connectors, and now it's a matter of sort of choosing the cable. And, and we'll have a short discussion on this, uh, but uh, choosing the c- correct cable, we were talking about before the show, that's kind of a wild card. That's almost like saying, uh, you know, I want the best range for my radio. It, it's it's a wild card. Right. If somebody walks in the store and says, uh, what's the best cable you've got? You you can't answer that question. You've got you, you've got to have a discussion to figure out. Uh, there's more more you need to know before you can provide an answer yeah. uh, to that. What's question. what's their use for it? How much of it they need? Where is it going to be used? How it's going to be used? What frequency? You, how much power? frequencies? Yes. Are you going to bury it? Yeah. <laughs> is it going to be out in the hot sun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's true. All of those factors come into play. So. Um, I told you that was going to be a short discussion because <laughs> it really should, is. Should a we while. go through a couple of um, scenarios? Maybe a couple popular scenarios, okay. and yeah, uh, maybe um, not, maybe we won't get into specifics of um, the type of cable we would recommend, but maybe the uh, or the brand of cable. We won't get into specifics on the brand yet, but um, perhaps we can say here's the type. That fits this use. Okay, what's a common scenario? I guess you all mentioned right, earlier. All right, John, I, I, we'll put you on the spot here, okay. I, and I've got some scenarios. Okay, uh, I've got a repeater, and I've got an antenna eighty feet up on a tower. What type of cable would be recommended to go from that antenna to the repeater? So you can go with an LMR four hundred. Mm-hmm. Obviously, LMR six hundred popular for that type of use. Six hundred would be best, right? Um, but if you wanted to go above and beyond that, you could look at uh, Heliax, which is a hardline cable. Is it a necessity? No, six hundred or four hundred will do fine. But again, the wattage and the frequency, you'd have to take that into account as well, because specifications for cables varies with diameter of the cables. So would we you would, say typically in that scenario, a 400 or a 600 is what we're going to, to be selling with an order for a repeater that's going to, and an antenna that's going to go up a tower like absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, how about a vehicle? <clears throat> You've got a mobile antenna um, that's on a mag mount, and you need to connect it to a mobile radio in a vehicle. What type of cable uh, would you typically see in that use? 195 or 8X yeah. would be our cables that... You know, and again, depending on the length that you need and what your, how your application is, this is going to snake a lot, go through all these little nooks and crannies and how are you going to get it there? But typically it would be the 195 um, cable or the, the Those are the thinner cables. So that will give you the ability to hide the cable more easily. Flex you, it you, into tight corners and through yeah, smaller yeah. holes when you're trying to get through the firewall or, you know. And you're not doing that with a 400 type no. cable, right? Like like an RG58, kind of thing, yeah. Okay, well, um, any other scenarios I, I missed there? That- I, 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 there are so many scenarios we could cover. Well, the standard scenario that we all do is we're setting up our base at home. Yeah. So we're yeah. putting up a base antenna. We, you know, depending on the first floor, second floor, and and you know, a 10 foot, 20 foot mast. What would you normally use in that scenario? That can involve a couple of different cables. It can. It it can. But you can use at that point 400 being your best scenario, um, but 8X or 58, you know, they're all um, good choices to use. And again, depending on frequency and power output, um, you can kind of vary your, your decision based on that. 
Yeah, I mean, a heavier cable on the outside going to, say, if you've got a little tower outside or something on, on the roof of the house. On the inside, you'll want to have the uh, the smaller cable there. Uh, so you might be connecting a couple cables together, which is why the connectors are important uh, to consider as well, because you're connecting a couple of different types of cables together. You could be. That can increase your loss. Uh, that, that a lot of people will have their antenna come into the home, go into a... Uh, meter because mm -hmm. they want to measure their SWR and power output. And do you need that same 400 going from your radio to your meter if you're only going a short distance? Yeah. No, you could have a different choice at that point. Use a thinner cable, a little more flexible, a little more routable, um, depending on how you're setting up your, you know, your base station. Exactly. So it's, this is not a cut and dry thing. It involves a little bit of thought, a little consideration, a little planning as well to to uh, choose the right cable for uh, for your particular situation. Now, having said that, we do, at Buy Two Way Radios, we carry several uh, types and brands of cables. And, and among those, uh, some of the ones that, are, that have been popular in the past, the tram cables, the tram browning cables, and uh, we sell them in bulk and in pre-made cable uh, assemblies. Uh, we also have a couple of, of brands that some folks might not be as familiar with, like uh, Signal Inside, and there's a lot of uh, bulk cable there. Uh, Ventev jumper cables uh, for the smaller jumper cables. But we have a, a new, it's new to us, we, we have a uh, new manufacturer here for us that we're carrying now. And tell us a little bit about these new cables, John. So we're now carrying Messi and Poloni. And Messi and Poloni has made their mark in the cable world by making, um, if not the best, some of the best cables um, that's out there in the market to purchase. Um, and they measure that benchmark by their ability to handle uh, the most amount of power based on the size of the cable, their flexibility. Their, um, not only but their flexibility, but they also, their longevity of their out, outer jacket, which really plays a big part in when you purchase your cable. And they also make it in white and black. Um, but there's a lot of very detailed specifics that go along with the Messi and Poloni. And, um, so yeah, you can learn more about that and we can certainly help, but they are the premier of cable manufacturers today um, throughout the world. Now, we're carrying a wide selection of these cables uh, to start off with. And uh, it's going to be, if you go to the website at first, you might be a little bit confused because if you're used to, I mean, they're based in Italy. Uh, Messi and Poloni uh, are, this is an Italian company. And if you're here in the States and you're used to dealing with things like RG8X or RG58 or, or LMR400, that sort of thing. Um, going to uh, the list of Messi and Poloni cables, uh, it might be a little bit confusing at first because you're saying, well, okay, what's the equivalent of what I'm looking for? Because they have a little bit of their own system going here. Yeah, they, they're on the metric system uh, in mm -hmm. Italy, which uh, along with the rest of the world, uh, <laughs> here in the United States, we're kind of uh, maybe behind on uh, still using imperial units. But uh, they have um, four different types uh, or, or sizes, I guess, of cable that, that we're carrying. They have uh, five millimeter, seven millimeter, 10 millimeter, and 13 millimeter. And uh, what I guess I want to do is tell you what the equivalent is. That's yeah, probably that's a good the idea. easiest way. Because if you're used to RG58, um, then you kind of need to know what where to go. And uh, RG58 and uh, 5 are very similar in size. Um, RG8X and 7 mm -hmm. are similar in size. The... Um, the seven is 0.287 inches. The five is 0.212 inches. Mm -hmm. um, 10 is equivalent to 400. And 13 is equivalent to 500. Closer to the to the Elmar 600, but not quite 
there. Oh, well, actually, yeah, it's, it, uh, it's it's pretty close to it. It outperforms the LMR six hundred yeah. actually. Um, now that that uh, is sort of how we we stumbled upon Messi and Pelé. We we were looking uh, second half of last year to bring in a, a premium, high quality cable manufacturer, and we looked at several of them. And uh, I said, John, figure out what the best cable that we can, the best cable made is. And let's let's bring it in because we have a lot of, particularly in the ham radio world, those ham radio operators want the best. Well, they want the best for two reasons. The one is performance. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants the best performance. But really, they want the best because they know that if they they spend for the premium, you're only going to have to do it once. So you're going to do it once and you're going to do it right. And you're not going to have to replace your cable because their cables are manufactured with much higher specifications for not only their jackets and their copper and their braid and their foils and everything else, but but just the overall whole package. Their connectors are, are watertight connectors. They're not waterproof, but they're watertight keeping out um, moisture. So that helps your cable last longer. The way they make their jackets, they're, they're better at um, UV rays. And so the jackets don't break down. Hence, they also make the underground, the direct burials. And, and so they take in a lot of factors to make their premium cables. But they um, also test around. them. They also test them to constantly because I understand that their quality control is rather high here. Even on their jumper cables, they test every single one of those things. Absolutely. From what I understand. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, out, you know. it, they, and they include a test report. Yeah, with that's, each one. I, I've never seen a yeah. I've never seen a cable manufacturer that actually puts a test report on that individual cable. In the package with the cable. I can't tell you how impressed That's I have been so something. far with Messi and Poloni. And, and I, I wasn't familiar with Messi and Poloni going into this. John found Messi and Poloni and, and brought them to my attention. I, I fully expected that we would be bringing in product from ABR Industries, like a Times New Microwave type product or something. But I looked at the numbers John showed me and the, the Messi and Poloni cable outperforms it. Uh, across the board, it, it's a phenomenal product, and it, working with the the company and the the individuals that work for the company over the last few months um, I, I have just made me more and more impressed with them. So we have the Hyperflex Five, the Hyperflex Seven. We also have an Ultraflex Seven, an Ultraflex Seven Sahara, and an Extraflex Berry Seven, uh, and the the Sahara. And the Berry set, uh, 7 are very, very different cables in terms of how they are uh, implemented. Well, the Sahara, right off the bat, you know, is different because it's it's a white jacketed cable. Mm-hmm. So if you have a white house and you're trying to hide the, the coax, uh, you don't want these, you know, lines of coax coming down the side of your house. It's yeah. it's a nice way to hide it. I think that they advertise, uh, the, the point of the Sahara is it stands up better to higher temperatures. But I think realistically, people are going to buy it because they prefer, when in the cases where they prefer a white cable. Right. But if you're in Florida with a summer hot sun can bake your black cable to the point where it's almost... You Starts know, cracking and yes, everything like that. The yeah. Sahara is way better at withstanding those high temperatures. That that makes sense. If you're in Florida, uh, you know, in the subtropics area, this this Sahara Seven is probably the better choice for withstanding the elements over a long period of time. Let's start going through these, maybe the smallest to largest, so that we don't get lost in, okay. in all of the, all the right. different types of cable. Uh, the, the Hyperflex Five is the smallest. Uh, cable that we're carrying from Messi and Poloni. And uh, this this is a great cable for uh, short runs in general. This is a uh, great cable for use in a vehicle. Um, maybe if you have applications such as uh, you need a short uh, cable for test purposes, this this would work phenomenally for, for that purpose. Um, it's equivalent to the RG58 in size, but outperforms it uh, in specifications and loss, all, all those categories, the Hyperflex 5 is superior. Uh, so if you're considering RG58, you're, you're going to be better off going with the Hyperflex 5. Um, the uh, next step up is the 7. And the Ultraflex 7, 
I think is going to be the most popular cable in this category. And I, I think the Ultraflex 7 is going to be uh, our most popular type of Messi and Poloni cable for runs maybe 20, 25 feet or less. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for the vehicle, this is probably the cable I would put in the vehicle most of the time, Ultraflex 7. There's also uh, a Hyperflex 7, which is um, even more flexible. The, the Ultraflex is incredibly flexible. Hyperflex is the most flexible, but I think Ultraflex is probably going to be more popular. There's also the Ultraflex uh, in the Sahara uh, white color, and there's an extra flex berry in the seven, and that will be the uh, the cable that can take being buried underground. I forgot to give you the equivalents on the seven. It, it, the seven is like an 8X or an RG8, uh, RG213, except it's, it's better in performance than the 213, better in performance than the RG8, etc. Now, next on the list, we have the Ultraflex 10. Yeah, the Ultraflex 10, I think, is going to be the most popular Messi and Poloni cable in the 400 size range. Again, it's it's extremely flexible, and the, the performance numbers on this Ultraflex 10 are phenomenal. Um, we have we have charts that Messi and Poloni provided where their cable is compared to other uh, equivalent types of cable. Do we have charts? We have and, lots of charts, and, and they're on the site, too. You can go check them out. Check the Downloads tab on the cable products, and you'll find these cross-reference tables that I'm talking about here. Um, but uh, for an example, there's so many of them. There are. Uh, let, let's say, no, here's a, a Hyperflex 10 compared to a, an LMR 400 UF. That's the flexible uh, LMR 400. Mm-hmm. At 430 megahertz, you get 2.62 dB loss compared to 3.3 with the LMR 400. Uh, that That is significant. Yeah. Um, at... 144, you get 1.45 dB loss compared to 1.8. That's a significant difference on the the Hyperflex 10 versus the LMR 400 UF. Um, In the 10 size cable, we have the Hyperflex 10 that we mentioned. We have the Ultraflex 10 that we mentioned. Difference being the Hyperflex is even more flexible. Uh, we have Hyperflex 10 in the Sahara, which is the white color. Um, also better uh, in hot temperatures. And we have Extra Flex Berry 10, which is variable. Variable. 10 millimeter cable, <laughs> yes. It can be buried. And you probably should. <laughs> in case, I don't know. Uh, you don't want anybody tripping over these cables. They're, they're pretty big. <laughs> Better depends on the one, the Hyperflex 5. You, you'll, uh, yeah. you won't even see it. Yeah, you might just trip over that too easy. Um, now, <laughs> we're, we're talking about these, these, um, these 10 cables. These are, once again, these are the equivalent of what would be the LMR 400, right? With a lot more performance, uh, a lot higher performance. Uh, they're also going to be a little bit on the pricier side than your standard LMR cables. It's just to keep keep those in mind uh, because I know there are a lot of hams out there that said, I want the best cables, but I want them for nothing. And you, you can't really have them both. I just want to make a, that point clear. You know, just don't go into these cables thinking, that, oh, you know, it's going to be the same as the Tram Browning in terms of cost. And it's no, they're going to be a little bit more. Yeah, there, there's definitely a price difference between the Messi and Poloni and Tram Browning. There's probably not as much of a price increase as you would think on genuine Times New Microwave LMR 400 mm-hmm. versus the Messi and Poloni. Um, to, the, the Tram Browning, I would consider a um, it, it's it's good cable. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't perform as well as Messi and Poloni. Um, so it's it's maybe a, a brand name cable that is a, a good value type mm-hmm. cable. And that, that's what we've carried for a long, long time. Um, but now we have Messi and Poloni high performance option. And we, we're still carrying the Tram Browning if you're looking yeah. for a, a standard 
um, brand name cable. I mean, just because you're on a budget doesn't mean you can't go with the regular cable. It's, the, the thing, it's, it's, it's still going to be fine. You've got to consider, though, the reason that you're spending more money on the better cable, and John was talking about this earlier, it is comes down to how much power goes mm-hmm. out of that antenna and how well your receive is coming back. Mm-hmm. The amount of loss, like those numbers that I, I, I just gave you in the comparison, that, that equates to... If you have a 50-watt radio, how much power is actually going to go out of your antenna? If you have um, 100 uh, feet of cable, it's common that you may get 25 watts out uh, or, or even less. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 100 feet, you, you may not even get that. We have another type. We have the the uh, 13, the Hyperflex and the Extraflex Berry 13 cables. And that's the equivalent of close to the LMR 600. And we yeah, mentioned this earlier. But um, what uh, what data do we have on that? The 13 is equivalent to uh, a 500 in size. So the difference at 450 megahertz, just to kind of give you a quick, um, on Times Microwave LMR, so, um, yeah, you're looking at about 2.6 dB versus 1.97 dB um, mm-hmm. on that cable. And, you know, the power handling obviously is way up there. We all know that in, in GMRS we're limited to 50 watts. But, you know, when you look at the specifications at, you know, uh, 150 megahertz, um, you know, 1.5 dB versus 110 um, in the HF range 0.8 to 0.6. So you can see that the Ultraflex 13 has better specs um, than the Times Microwave cable. Now, in terms of flexibility, because I see the Hyperflex and the Extraflex and, and that sort of thing just tossed around uh, so much here with the Messi and Poloni cables, um, if we're comparing these to, say, like the Tram Browning cables, how much more flexible do you think they really are? Because, I mean, there is that limit in flexibility, as we were talking about earlier. Now, I'm just saying, I'm asking this because this is what you listening right now, that's probably a logical question that you'd be asking. Even even at the 13 size, which is the equivalent of LMR 600, give or take, um, the flexibility is uh, probably four or five fold over the really stand. that much it, it is and and when you feel this cable you know right away that it is quality and and the flexibility is there like you you don't you know again if i go in the back and pick up a a piece of lmr 600 there's very little flexibility it's pretty, and stiff. It's stiff. It's a pretty stiff cable it's yeah. very stiff um but yeah throughout the mmp line all of their ultra flex cable is very, very flexible. Like, mm. you know, you're amazed at how flexible it really is. You, you also uh, alluded to the difference of uh, the Ultraflex and the Hyperflex. I'd, I'd like to give you the, the primary difference there. Um, and it is, okay, here's, a, here's some differences between the Ultraflex and the Hyperflex. It makes the Hyperflex a little uh, more flexible than the Ultraflex. The center conductor on the Ultraflex has seven strands of copper, um, and the Hyperflex has 19. Mm-hmm. Also, on the braid around the outside, uh, underneath the out- outer jacket of the cable, the, the braid has 192 wires on the Hyperflex and 144 wires on the Ultraflex. Mm-hmm. Impressive, huh? Yeah. Who, who knew just those few extra wires would make that much of a difference? Inflexibility, right? Inflexibility, yeah. Hmm. Well, um, we've been talking about the cables through the whole show, but that's not all they carry. They also carry a full line of connectors and adapters, which is, you know, we mentioned earlier that the, the cable connectors are also critical to the performance of the cable and of the system overall. So they have connectors and they have adapters, and these are also very high quality. 
the connectors are, are phenomenal. Uh, John, you've used these uh, yourself, but what what impressed me the most about the connectors is they have this Evo system on their UHF uh, mail connector, and uh, I've never seen another connector like this. It, they actually get very, very close to the performance of an N connector in their UHF connector. Mm, it, it's amazing the way the, these things are put together. And you can you can see the video that's on our website um, for each one of these connectors. So if you click on uh, one of the connectors, the UHF or even the N, you can click on the video and, and watch somebody um, actually put an end on a piece of cable. You'll be yeah. very, very impressed. It's it's nothing like you've seen before. They and have some videos on, on soldering these things and everything. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. It, they show you exactly yeah. how to put a connector on. Now, yeah. when you buy bulk cable from us, we offer the option to assemble the cable for you, or you can do it yourself. And we sell these special scissors that Messi and Poloni make that, mm-hmm. that allow you to cut the cable. Um, and we also sell the connectors, and we've got videos that show you exactly how to put the connectors on yourself. We have to talk about the shrink tube for a moment, the silicon seal shrink <laughs> like tube. like the okay, shrink that, tube. Yeah, I, I have to, to say, you know, and I watched the video on how the – because they have a video on how to apply the shrink tube. And when I saw the package for the shrink tube, I was thinking, oh, okay, you got to unwind this thing or whatever, stick it on. How how does this work? Then I saw the video, how simple it was. And and it's not really about unwinding the, the shrink tube. You're unwinding the core that's inside the shrink tube. They got pre-stretched. And you unwind the core outside the shrink tube. You you just kind of pull it when you have it in place and it just, Goes yeah, right into place. Let me explain this, cool. this real quick. The, the shrink tube uh, would it sort of waterproofs a connector. Like if you're mm-hmm. connecting two lengths of cable and you've got a male and a female connector, uh, or um, whatever, you've got two cables connected together and you don't want water to get in there, you use this shrink tube device instead of normal heat shrink, where you would have to um, apply heat or and even glue black and, tape or coax yeah, seal. Yeah. Um, you would use their silicone. Uh, it is, it's called silicone seal. Silicone seal, yeah. and and it's it's pretty amazing. You know, we we saw the shrink tubing for a lot of these other cables, and we're so used to seeing the you know the the heat gun and everything having to to you know apply to it after you you get the connector on the cable and and you're this you're having great. to spend you a few seconds having to make sure it all shrinks properly and everything. And, and you don't have to worry about this. You, you just kind of pull it. And just you, you it's put right the cable place. inside the tube and pull out this plastic uh, zip tie looking thing. And, I don't uh, know who came up with that idea, but it's it's a pretty cool idea. I've never seen um, it before. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating to watch. And I think it's I think that stuff is and, worth it and right there. And it's not limited to just two cables and a connector to to extend or whatever you're doing. You can use this right where your connector goes into your antenna. Mm-hmm. So you're not limited to just, you know, a connection in between. Right. It's, you know, um, you can use it right up to your antenna and it will seal your connection um, where your coax meets your antenna. So using that and also their connector, you're assuring yourself a long long life of mm-hmm. moisture-free um, coax. And, yeah, if, and obviously, that's what you want when you're putting up your antenna. Yeah, if you want to see this, go to our website at bytwoayradios.com, go to the Messi and Poloni uh, page, and check out the video. Get, click on click on Silicon Seal Shrink Tube, and at the bottom of the page, you'll see the video. You can watch the video. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. It's, it's fun to watch. I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a great product. It really is easy to use. No more heat gun. Uh, just well, the other thing pull is pull the you, cord and you're you're done. You're not yeah. getting messy and sticky with the black coax seal up on the on the roof. And should you ever have to um, unconnect it, a razor knife will just nicely take it away, and then you can just you know use another one to reseal your your coax. So. Messy and Poloni, no mess. No mess, Messy and Poloni. No, no messy. <laughs> mess free. Yeah. All right. So that uh, check them out. Uh, messy and Poloni cables. I think you'll um, think you'll be impressed with it. A lot of uh, a lot of good products there. All right. Well, I guess that does it for our. Uh, any, any other comments on on the cabling altogether? Yeah. I think we've. 
time to bury this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is all right. We've uh, got the best, Rick. So, uh, if, you, really. if you have any comments or questions, don't hesitate to call us. All right. Well, we have some comments and questions from our email and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. A couple of quick ones here. Our first one comes from uh, this is this is a comment, or actually it's a comment and question. This is from Frank. This is an email from Frank, and uh, he has two questions regarding GMRS. Uh, Frank says, I recently came across your podcast and have been listening to them as I drive to and from work. Thanks for keeping me company. Really good information, and though I've had my ham license for two years, I'm just now getting into GMRS because I think it might be a way for me to communicate with family members who are not radio-ready. Though I can see us practicing from time to time, I do want to keep it as simple as possible for them to figure out. My situation may be a lot like what others are trying to figure out. Situation, my daughter and her family live 12 miles away with hills in between. They are not yet into radios. I would like a way to communicate with them should we lose power, internet, or if the cell system goes down or becomes overwhelmed. My goal is to make it as easy as possible for them to pick up a radio and reach us. Question number one, if I program in a repeater on a specific GMRS channel, and if that repeater goes down, will that channel default to simplex use? I'm finding that there are very few GMRS repeaters in our area, and I'm guessing that they are civilian-owned, so who knows what their backup power plant is like. Question two, for GMRS, is it better to have a ham radio that can also send and receive GMRS? Is it legal or not legal, or would I be better off to have a dedicated GMRS radio? It's almost a catch-22. For me, I want a radio with as much capability as possible in one unit, but on their side, less is probably better. And last but not least, based on my scenario, what radios would you recommend? Thank you for your advice and the great podcast. And that's from Frank. Well, Frank, thank you for listening to our podcast. Really appreciate it. But to answer your questions, uh, let's go with question one first. Um, these programming and repeater on a GMRS channel and the repeater goes uh, down, and uh, he wants the channel to just default to simplex use. It will not. No, it will not. What you do is you s simply switch channels from the GM uh, from the repeater channel to the simplex channel. It's you know if you have it all pre-programmed in there, it's just a matter of just turning the knob. Yeah, you're on the simplex. Now there is a there's a talk around feature, but that doesn't really apply so much in this case. I think. If, uh, like, let's say your family is still on the repeater channel, um, the, um, they're going to be set to receive on the 462 side of the frequency. So if you realize that the repeater is down, like, let's say you're on repeater 17, uh, you could switch to the standard simplex 17 and you're transmitting on the same frequency that they're receiving on even if they're still on the repeater channel. So you could get to them and say, hey, I think the repeater's down, switch to simplex 17. Now, to answer question number two, um, to have a radio that does both GMRS and HAM, um, well, no, it's it's not really legal to do that because uh, the GMRS radios have to be type accepted for GMRS. HAM radios, they don't really have to be type accepted for anything technically, but... You're, you're going to have some different rules come into play as far as how those radios are used. You you really can't. Yeah, we recommend really do that. Get, get a radio that's type accepted for the service you want to use. You, you, you're mm -hmm. also seeing GMRS radios, the ones that have come out over the last couple of years, have a lot of features that are specific to GMRS that make mm -hmm. them um, better for use on GMRS than ham radios. Yeah, now to. Uh, Answer, because it looks like it was a third question, uh, based on his scenario, what radios would we recommend for his particular scenario? He's talking about his family living 12 miles away with hills in between, not yet into radios. I think GMRS is a good way to go just because, you know, you, you get the GMRS license. There's a license involved, but, you know, it's good for 10 years for the price, and it covers the, that one license covers the entire family. Yeah, GMRS is definitely the way for him to go. As far as specific products, uh, 12 miles is a long way. So you may need a mobile um, set up as a base station to get the mm -hmm. kind of range that you need. So I would say probably something like an Ocean KG-1000G or uh, a KG-XS-20G. Yeah. 
and yeah. and quite possibly a base antenna mounted to your home, if possible, as with, high as possible. With, with some, some good cape, with some messy and baloney cable. Good cable, yeah. yes. I think we're all on the same page on that one. <laughs> all right. This one comes from Saturn7. He actually asked a question uh, about ham radio license in the last episode. And this episode, he has a follow-up question. And he's saying, you still need an FCC license for GMRS, yet not as simple as if you're getting your FCC license for CB radio. Uh, that's from Saturn 7. No, uh, yeah, you do need an FCC license for GMRS, but uh, uh, CB radio is licensed by rules. So just buying a CB radio gives you the license to use it. For GMRS, you do need an FCC license, but as we just mentioned um, that license, you know, it's just a flat fee and it's good for 10 years and it covers your entire family. And when you break it down, uh, the cost, if you break the cost down uh, by year, it comes up to what, seven bucks a year. Uh, I think currently now they're looking to, well, rumor has it, they're going to be lowering the price uh, the, uh, license fee sometime, but we don't know when that's going to be. So uh, at this time, it's seventy dollars for ten years, and that comes down to seven dollars a year. I think that's for the whole family. I think that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. All right. I guess that does it for our comments and questions. This uh, in this episode, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buytwoayradios dot com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it wherever you can find a podcast. And you can also subscribe by uh, clicking on the subscribe by email button at twowayradioshow.com, put in your email address, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it drops. Uh, and, and that's just for subscribing to the show. You don't get spam for anything else there. You don't get spammed at all. It's just for getting the show. All right, well, um, before we go, any other final comment? I don't think so. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Folks, use that promo code 5% off. It benefits you more than us. I mean, we're making 5% less, right? So use that promo code. Why are, we, why are we doing that promo code again? <laughs> yeah. it's, for, it's for you, the listener, to save. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. And I'm Danny Feimster. And we're out.